Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Skates to Throats podcast. This is your host, Chris Patton. Uh, after a little bit of a break, went through the Stanley Cup here and got winners to talk about. And uh, joined by me today, our youngest correspondent ever, uh, as well as Dakota LaShock. Dakota, say hello to the good people out there. Oh, yes. Hello. And uh, our, our young correspondent is taking a She's taking a break right now. She's getting some food. Uh, after that, I imagine she'll be asleep. But yes, I am uh, 100% in the Mr. Mom role right now. Uh, feeding my kid. She'll be, well, she's pretty quiet. So I imagine we'll have a pretty good time. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about it. Because we, we didn't get to talk about the exodus of your Philadelphia Flyers. So let's start with yeah, a little bit of about personal. Going out with a fucking whimper. <laughs> Look about I mean, some first that, was just, that was just hard to watch, man. I'm like, eh. so what do you this what do you not good hockey to watch? <laughs> so so what do you think the lapse was? Because going into the playoffs, a lot of people had them pinned as I heavy think they contenders. Ran out of steam, honestly. You want the whole truth? I think uh, you know. They, I don't know. They've been going balls to the walls the entire time, and I think it finally just caught up with them. Uh, they weren't they weren't looking the same coming out of the neutral zone into the uh, uh, the offensive zone. Uh, power play was non-existent the entire playoff series. Um, it was just tough to watch. I mean, for a team that had a lot of potential, uh, you just you just kind of I don't know. Like I said, you were. Went out with a whimper and not so much a bang. Do you think that this is the best team they've put on the ice since maybe like 2012? For sure, yes. This team has a shit ton of potential. Uh, and granted, this this playoff series was not by any means conventional, so we don't really have anything to compare it against. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, if they keep some of the key pieces, like obviously they know who they're keeping. They, I know, I know they re-signed. Uh, I think JVR James Van Riemsdyk to uh, another year, which is good because he's a solid player. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think leaning towards going younger and looking more towards the AHL uh, for players is going to continue to be a success for them because they're a really good scouting team. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a team that's getting ready for the long haul, uh, consistently good. I would hope, I mean, that's as wishful thinking as I can give. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest obstacle they're going to have, and probably the most obvious one is that the Metro is still stacked. Yeah. So getting sure, through, getting I through mean, the Metro sure. in general is a challenge. Yeah. They showed this season that, I mean, it, it didn't matter who the team was. They'd carve them up just the same. I until, mean, that's, until uh, the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, until the playoffs. And, you know, it's, I mean, shit happens. I'm not, it is what it is. And you know what? Fucking congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I didn't think he'd do it, but then again, my entire bracket was wrong. So what do I know? <laughs> I actually, uh, I had Tampa Bay going... I think in my realistic bracket, not my just bullshitting the Rangers because I wanted to see them lose. Uh, <laughs> I had them going pretty far. I mean, the toughest the, the toughest game for you, cats, obviously, was the Islanders. Do you think if the matchup was a little different, maybe 
would have been a different outcome. You still probably would have had to go through them in the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, but... it's hard to say. I mean, if it wasn't the Islanders, it would have been uh, God. Who was the other? Who the who did Tampa Bay play before the? Finals. Tampa played Boston, but I feel like that the Flyers kind of fed yeah, Boston the Fly- their yeah, lunch. We would have steamrolled them. Uh, yeah, outcome would have probably been the same. And they just they ran out of gas. So I mean, we get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, there's nothing to talk about with my team. Uh, <laughs> they were playing golf and shit. Yeah, no, uh, nobody had seen or heard from the Devils in a very long time. But, uh, you know, on our semifinal side, we had the Islanders versus Tampa Bay, which we didn't get to talk about. But uh, a real tough series, man. Two overtimes, uh, some going into multiple overtime uh, with Tampa. Tampa eventually gets the win on, let's say, the back of Vasilevsky and Victor Hedman, for the most part, just playing out yeah. of their minds. And Brayden Point. I got to give props to Brayden Point, too. He was he was a stud this entire playoffs. And uh, shout out to the former devil, Blake Coleman playing that third line grinder role. I think he was really, really good in the playoff series as well. Obviously he's not gonna get as he's not gonna get as much love as some of the other players on on Tampa, but definitely a big part of them getting to the Stanley Cup and eventually winning as everyone's aware of. Uh, but on the uh, the other side we had Vegas versus Dallas. Vegas a team that it's like a all... precision team. It's like a shitty nineties movie where you have like this uh, this like high powered and like all-star hockey team that are clearly the bad guys and then dallas is just like this ragtag ass group of hockey players that comes through and just bullies their way through well i mean we talked about this a little bit on the last show but dallas bullied their way to the semifinals in the stanley cup to some extent which i don't think anyone expected jamie ben just took on a straight power forward role he wasn't really shooting that much but he definitely made his presence known the entire Playoffs. Yes, we did. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you go back to that Calgary game, people can say what they want about it being dirty, but it's it's Kachuk, right? So yeah. probably payback for something earlier in the season. I think it set the tone for what Dallas was going to be. And I mean, that brings us to you know Tampa versus Dallas, which surprisingly wins six games. It was I, a damn interesting series. That's one way to put it. I mean, that game one victory. You could tell Tampa was just exhausted from the Islanders yeah, and those multiple overtime games. Um, outside of that, Tampa never really seemed in any danger of losing to Dallas. I mean, like my big thing with Dallas is uh, their goaltending is just not as good as Tampa's. Yeah, but that's not to say Kadobin wasn't wasn't great because he I mean, he was. It was hard to tell because Tampa just shoots everything. Yeah. So <laughs> like, there's no. There's, like, no clear play with them. They're just, like, as soon as you're in that fucking zone, you shoot. <laughs> like, uh, one of the one of the game-winning shots that McDonough had earlier is, like, he just rebounded a puck off the wall and just launched it sharp angle, and it, it luckily went in. But yeah, it's just that... Gotta risk it to get the biscuit. Clearly it worked out for them. <laughs> but that's a that was a lot of Tampa shooting <laughs> in this playoffs. That and, uh, hey, we need to get it to Victor Hedman, let him load up, load up that bazooka of an arm he has, and swing yeah, one in yeah. there yeah. but uh yeah i mean i'm not surprised the tampa won I, I thought they were a better team than dallas obviously like i said i think their biggest challenge was the new york islanders uh, everyone's biggest challenge 
and they pulled it off. A, a good team, and I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to minimize any of New York's. Uh, I mean, I know they eventually lost, but damn, man, that was that was a hell of an Islanders team too. Yeah, and I mean, there's one particular game where Andy Green catches a four-minute high-stick penalty headed into overtime, yeah, which they were able to, but they were able to kill it off. But at the same time, it's it was a lot of mistakes like that from the Islanders team, which you normally don't see. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that to me cost them in the long run because that that overtime game, that particular overtime game, I think could have went either way, obviously. But uh, yeah, for sure. When you wear your defense out like that, your penalty killers out like that, it's hard to come back from. Indeed it is, but uh, yeah, obviously we all by by now know the outcome of the Stanley Cup. Uh, Tampa Bay did not choke. They uh, actually, they did it. They won the Cup. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see anybody like, usually you would see... You know, a couple of people posting, well, this cup didn't even matter anyway. It, it really didn't feel like that. Like, this felt just as much like a Stanley Cup as anything else. Uh, and, again, I mean, they for sure earned it. I mean, to some extent, a little harder for some teams. I mean, the Islanders had to yeah. – the Islanders played in that first-round bracket. So – Thinking about how far they had to go and how many games they played going into it, that definitely definitely plays into it a bit. I haven't heard anything like that either. I mean, originally, I was like, well, you know, whoever wins the Cup this year, people are just going to say, similar like they have to the Braves when the Braves won their World Series. Yeah. You know, it's a shortened year. They didn't have to go through the same thing. But if you look at this playoff format and, and how many teams were there in comparison to your normal Stanley Cup... In some ways, it, it stands on its own. Not anything to, like, Yeah, it's say like negative a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Like, you know, unless there's another pandemic thing and we get another one of these, there's likely not going to be another tournament. And by the way, fucking props to Gary Bettman and everyone who set this up because they went the entire playoff series without a single case of COVID-19. And that just shows how much how much they put into this and how well it was executed. Yeah. I mean, some of the players actually talked about it being a little bit like being an indentured servant, uh, just being stuck in their hotels in either, you know, Montreal or Toronto. But when you look at like the safety protocol and what they did, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to deny that it worked. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause it did. (laughs) <laughs> and, and much like always, the NBA and the NHL kind of followed suit with one another. Like the NBA is kind of very similar. They they're still playing in they played in each other's cities and such, but very yeah. much the same thing. No fans, all digital fans. Uh, similar format to their playoffs. Uh, the way they handled the bubble for the end of they actually finished out a season or part of a season. And and they just so they the, the only negative thing about the NBA I'll say is I don't get to watch this, the playoffs or most of them because they happen the same time as the NHL playoffs. Yeah, um, no, but uh, definitely shout out to the Heat and Lakers. That's a that's a hell of a series there. Uh, not so much yeah. not so much watching because the Heat haven't really won yet. But I don't know. But I mean, I guess the big thing here is we talk. Let's talk about some of the award winners. Um, I know. I guess we'll start. We'll just start with the Stanley Cup with uh, Victor Hedman, 
who we've talked about on the show multiple times throughout this playoff series, absolutely an integral part of Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup. At one point, he had was it like 10 points in seven games. Yeah, in this he was a workhorse. He's playing, you know, anywhere from 28 to 35 minutes a night the entire time. Penalty kill in power play. Uh, just an absolute monster. Well-deserved Con Smythe winner. Any Anything you want to say about Victor Hedman? I mean, I can't. <laughs> anything I would say, I mean, you, you said it pretty much. It's uh, This guy worked his dick and balls off for this award. And, you know what, he, he 100% earned it. Uh, I couldn't be happier for the dude. Yeah, the only defensive player, there's two defensive players I saw outside of him in the playoffs that were at times as good, um, and that would be Quinn Hughes and, yeah. and and Shea Weber, which Shea Weber was not in the in there very long, but the series that he did play. Yeah, I mean, he played against him, the Flyers. Was, <laughs> I'm well him, aware of what Shea Weber did. <laughs> Him and uh, him and Carey Price did did some uh, massive ass carries just to get to where they were. Um, yeah. Specifically beating. Very similar tandem to uh, Vasilevsky and Hedman is uh is Weber and uh, Hart. Like they work, they're really good in pairs like that. Yeah, I thought it was just you know the the most surprising thing I think that came out of this entire playoff was Pittsburgh being eliminated by Montreal. Yeah, that was specifically on Shea Weber and Carey Price. Uh, I don't yeah, think there's yeah. any way around that. And that's not to say uh, it wasn't uh, a really effectual showing from Pittsburgh because, I mean, we all know how, we <laughs> you know the caliber of hockey that Pittsburgh plays uh, yeah. this year was for sure not it at least this playoff series. Yeah, and unfortunate for them, um, one thing that we found out afterwards, which is kind of big news coming out of the playoffs, is that Guinea Malkin had an injured elbow and is potentially going to have to have surgery, um, and which is going to be a quick turnaround for the beginning of the next season, I would assume. I, I would think that the start time is, unless they do a shortened season, the start time is probably going to be November, December. Squish. Any, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard anything to to that extent of what he, what even the uh, logistics would be. But let's say that surgery takes, you know, three or four months rehab time. Yeah, it's, he's not going to be there for the start of the season, for sure. Um, and I love, time soon. And it's, it seems like Pittsburgh didn't make that like a point of contention as far as why they were eliminated. Um, unlike Pittsburgh, I, I was surprised they really didn't nail home the fact that a uh, getting Malkin was not a hundred percent in that series. I will yeah, say but then Sydney, again, you can't pin it on, you can't pin it on Gino anyway. Like, I mean, you've got a solid, you've got a solid, at least two lines of decent players and you still don't manage much. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, obviously he's a big difference maker if he's a hundred percent though. Yeah. Right. So it, it's easy to point to that and say, okay, well, maybe the series would have been a little bit different if Gino was 100%. Um, but, I mean, the biggest surprise is a fresh Crosby, non-injured, arrested Crosby was pretty quiet. Yeah. All, all around, which was uh, surprising. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, it was... It's surprising, but at the same time, I'm like... 
I, I don't know. Like every person gets to a point where they're just they're not at a hundred percent anymore in their game, and I'm not saying that's what it is for Crosby, but that didn't look like Sidney Crosby out there. Yeah, and I mean he looks good headed into well what would eventually be the bubble. Uh, he was starting to look solid after coming back from the injury. I don't know if the time the being a, so being away for so long affected his game or what, but he definitely didn't look like the same Crosby we're used to seeing, specifically in the Stanley Cup, because he usually turns on a second gear almost. Him and him and Beginning uh, Malkin both. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've seen it a hundred times too. You just like they're the playmakers. They they get it done. Uh, when Malkin yeah, specifically, with Malkin specifically, he was losing faceoffs that I don't think he normally would have lost. Uh, yeah. It gets, it gets people like Brendan Gallagher, for instance, and you're just like, oh, this. It seemed like something was there, but I, I also just wrote it off to like, maybe it's just the bubble. They'll get their legs underneath them, and they never really did. So, congratulations to Montreal for getting that <laughs> that win. That was to me the most surprising outcome of any of these games. Um, outside of, on the other side of the bracket, Vancouver, I mean, taking it to, taking it to Vegas, went seven games, man. And that team is scary good. They have cap space. They have Victor, or not Victor, but Quinn Hughes, who, uh, has looked phenomenal throughout the entire season. And to me, probably should have won the Calder Cup, uh, which we'll get into here in just a second. But just, can you... They played, they beat Minnesota, right? They beat St. Louis, and then they lose to Vegas in a seven-game stretch. I mean, that team was very, very impressive coming from the seventh seed all the way against the number one seed. Yeah, that's, uh, this entire playoffs has probably been one of the more interesting ones I've seen, uh, just in terms of, you know, storylines, teams, uh, and again, we've got another good one, a team that was fucking swept in the first round of last playoffs going on to win the Stanley Cup the year after. Uh, always a good story to be found in the, any Stanley Cup. But yeah, these matchups were great. And uh, Vancouver was for sure uh, a team I didn't think would do much in the playoffs, but then they turned they turned around and they did something. And that's pretty damn cool. Uh, same can be said for Dallas. Uh I would say, mm, I would say the Flyers. I mean, fuck, I didn't think they would have the strength to get to where they got, and I mean, they did. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they only cool. they only beat one team realistically. I mean, they beat Montreal. They were the number one seed. I, I actually assumed they would go deeper yeah. um, with the Flyers, yeah. but you know, I don't have that fan. Uh, loathe and worry <laughs> that you have with the Flyers as being a Flyers fan for so long. Yeah. So I get, I totally get it. Um, yeah. So let's, let's, I mean, we'll, we'll get into some of these awards, the season awards here. Let me pull those up. Um, right off the rip, we have, you know, obviously the Stanley cup champions being the Tampa Bay lightning the president's trophy winners, the Boston Bruins, yeah. who, Lost Did Rask. Did not really much show up in the playoffs. Yeah, they lost Rask, who seemingly retired, I guess. We still aren't, we're still unsure of what is going on with Rask. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that was a big surprise. We talked about that on a previous episode to so go and check yeah. that out. Um, the uh, Art Ross Trophy winner, player with the most points for those uneducated to that, was uh, Leon Dreisaitl, followed by his teammate, Connor McDavid. And I would just keep in mind that Connor McDavid was injured um, for a good portion of the season. He still showed up and was the fi- uh, a finalist for the Art Ross Trophy. So that just that shows how dynamic that duo is. Yeah, they're, they're nuts. It's precision, precision machine. Uh, the Bill Masterson tr- uh, Trophy, Memorial Trophy, which is perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication. So some of this is uh, donating. Some In the past, it's been people returning from a major or what would be considered a career-ending injury, such as, you know, when Brian Boyle won this, he had returned from leukemia. Cancer, yeah, I remember uh, that. So in Yager, when he had his 30-goal season with the Devils, he also won it. Uh, just based on perseverance of age, so that kind of just sets up what that trophy is for those who don't know. But yeah, uh, this year was don't know, that's actually an upcoming award because he'll be playing in the 2030 season at the age of 80. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Bobby Ryan wins this year. I think it's well deserved. He did a lot of work with charities, and and it was a comeback season for him to some extent. So good, good, good shit from Bobby Ryan. I do. I do. I'm glad Bobby Ryan won this one. I'm not taking anything away from him. Uh, but uh, I I have to err on the side of Oscar Lindblom here because uh, I think it like like a boiler situation. I mean, this is a dude literally coming back from bone cancer and getting to play into the playoffs. I know he was a heavily he was heavily favored as uh another one too and i know it would come down to the the two of them uh but i i can't not mention oscar Lindblom too because that was probably my favorite moment of the entire playoff series is uh it wasn't even the first time he was out on the ice but the first time like he got onto the ice for a face-off everyone was tapping their sticks on the ice it was it was great to see i i would think the only the only thing you could really say there is that he only played what two games? No, he was out on the ice. He was out on the ice for the rest of the time that the Flyers were in the playoffs, which I mean wasn't much longer because obviously it was against the Islanders. So, but I mean, well, he, he was he was listed here he as a, a runner-up, so I, yeah. I at least he got the recognition there. I could you could make an argument for either or. Uh, yeah. Like I said, Bobby um, Ryan. Again, I'm not taking a, anything away from Bobby Ryan because I know. You know, alcoholism is a hell of a thing to overcome, and you know, hats off to the dude because he's he he fucking earned it. On the uh, other side here, we have the Calder Memorial Trophy, uh, which is the best first-year player, your rookie of the year. Kel McCarr wins, uh, followed closely by Quinn Hughes. This is a toss-up to me. I think this just depends on who you thought. Who who you considered the better player based yeah, on the playoffs? I mean, they're, they're equal. <laughs> based on the playoffs in general, I would slightly lean lean towards Quinn Hughes. Their stat lines are very similar. Um, I you know Kel McCarr winning this, I have no problem with. I probably would have went with Quinn Hughes personally, but it is what it is. Toss up. I mean, yeah, it's either or because both had fucking phenomenal seasons. I guess from a more technical standpoint, I would probably look more towards Kale McCarr because, you know, it's uh, he's just got he's got this unnatural sense and 
it was I don't know, it was crazy to watch. But yeah, I agree with that assessment that is toss up. Yeah, I mean, with Quinn Hughes, the one thing I would say that the standout performance in the playoffs, specifically in the earlier rounds, his ability to basically point guard the power play. I mean, that to me was incredible to watch and it was a lot of fun to watch. Kel McCarr uh, also was really great in the playoffs. So two great young defensemen. I mean, that's some that you can always build your defensive core around those guys. I, I don't know yeah, what their yeah. contracts are going to look like when <laughs> once they get out of their rookie deals. It's probably going to be absolutely insane. But uh, both great players. Congrats to Cal McCarr there for the uh, Selkie Award. You got a flyer on this list. Yeah, uh, Sean Couturier wins. Um, and in, in close suit, these are two people that have won in the past and are always there, one and two, which is Patrice Bergeron from the Boston Bruins and Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis Blues. Those were the runner-ups. Um, hard to debate. Sean Couturier had a great season as far as a defensive forward goes, and he's always, always a presence you have to be aware of on the ice. Very much so, and he made that presence known quite a few times during this playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, it's another key piece because Kutz, he's a he's a pivotal part of the defense. Like a lot of plays, he's he's able to start a lot of plays. He's able to poke. He's able. He's great two way player because he's got a hell of a shot too. Um, well deserved in my opinion, and I mean that's a little biased of me, so. No, but I don't think anyone would argue the point with you after watching the playoffs and, and what the Flyers were able to accomplish this season with him being yeah. a huge part of it, right? So um, it's just crazy that Patrice Bergeron makes this list every year. Unless, Berger, <laughs> unless, Bergeron, <laughs> unless Bergeron is injured like half a season, uh, he's going to be there. I mean, the guy's great in the face-off circle. Uh, obviously, I've watched more of him than Ryan O'Reilly just because I see more Bruins games. Yeah. Um, Plus, but, every time I hear Ryan O'Reilly, I think of the dude from Oz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, that show. That show. I fucking I love Oz. <laughs> the Jack Adams Award, we get Bruce Cassidy winning it here. He was up against John Tortorella, and um, I can't, I'm going to try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I'm not that surprised that the Boston Bruins were back to where they were this season. I don't know the odds Bruce Casty had to overcome, but what John John Tortorella was able to do with Columbus was pretty damn impressive. All while maintaining his just amazing personality and not giving a fuck about what the press thinks. But the Flyers coming in as a number one seed is also something that should be pretty well touted. Specifically because going into the season, there were some questions about how they set up the coaching yeah and, Philadelphia. Uh, again this is you know this is a team that is you know we're just getting through a rebuild process like uh, i would say we've been rebuilding for a little bit uh getting key players and we've got the combination that works you've got a great goalie for the first time in god knows how long uh a great great backup too brian i'm not brian elliott is a great tandem to have to uh, Carter Hart. 
I hope he stays around. I know his contract's going to be up, but, and I don't know what he's going to be looking to do, but I would hope he stays around because he's he's great. But, yeah, uh, I can't, can't have to agree with you there. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon unless they yeah, make the playoffs. Definitely not Elaine Vigneault because, I mean, I, I know Flyers fans, every time we lose the, uh, a playoff game, they're like, ah, fire the coach. Not a damn person said fire Elaine Vigneault. Because the man's a hell of a coach. Yeah, and I mean, what what would you who who would you go out and get that's gonna yeah, exactly. fill that role? And also, and it's not. I for sure don't want fucking Mike Babcock. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine how pissed you would be if Babcock becomes oh the my coach. God. I would. I fucking become a Penguins fan. <laughs> oh wow, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, I will. Look, I love you. It's nothing personal, Philadelphia. But I can't have that guy as the coach. I can't. <laughs> so we get into the best defenseman, the James Norris Memorial Trophy. And this is where I pe- think people were smoking fucking weed. Because <laughs> Roman Yossi, or actually Crack. Let's go with Crack. I feel like he can make a better decision in Paris by Marijuana. Uh, Roman Yossi wins the award over John Carlson and Victor Hedman. I don't see it. Uh yeah, Nashville was no <laughs> Nashville is pretty terrible. I know that Roman logs a ton of minutes. He's he's a good scorer. I'm sure he was had a big impact on that team. But you're giving these awards out in the middle of the playoffs and watching what Victor Hedman was able to accomplish there. It's like uh, <laughs> night and day on who the best defenseman was. <laughs> to me. They're watching that and they're like, I think we made a mistake. He won't win the con Smythe or anything. (laughs) So King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which is leadership humanitarian contribution. This was given to Matthew Dumba uh, out in Minnesota. Lundquist was also there in PK Subban, who both have their own foundations. Uh, Dumba, obviously, probably known as speaking out heavily for Black Lives Matter and being one of the players to take, uh, I don't remember if he took a knee, but there were, there was a lot going around Minnesota at the beginning of the players and, and him obviously standing up for social justice. I, I have absolutely no problem with this. Um, you know, PK has won it in the past. I think Lundquist has won it in the past. So it, this is a fun award because like, no matter who wins, kind of everyone wins because you're just yeah. trying to be good for other people. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> 100% agree with you on uh, on Matt Dumba being the victory. He's, uh, yeah, there's no question there. It was, uh, it was good to see. And, and again, like you said, it's not really a competitive thing because all of them are really good people. So Yeah, and I, I mean, PK's got two. He's got what the, the Blue Lives yeah. uh, protest for fallen police officer and then or maybe not blue lives i can't remember exactly blue line i think is what it's called yeah the, the uh, thing on the pickup trucks and then he, he has um well no it's not that that's what i'm saying I, it's yeah oh yeah yeah you're talking about like yeah, the car sticker the, the flag with the blue line on it okay the thin blue line uh, i can't remember exactly what his organization is called but the other one is he has both now in New Jersey and in Nashville, Subban's kids, which is taking underprivileged kids and teaching them how to play hockey. 
which is also which is also a cool thing and like i said both him and lundquist have been honored in the past i don't know as much about lundquist's uh foundations because my obvious hatred of (laughs) the new york rangers no we cannot hate on henrik lundquist anymore (laughs) well i don't have to now that he's not now that he's not a ranger anymore i don't have to uh hate him i guess and we really (laughs) that's actually a pretty pretty good segue uh, do we have any more awards? We do. Okay. Um, we have the Lady Bing, which was Nathan McKinnon won, which is sportsmanship and excellence. This is if I can't remember 100 percent, but isn't this a player based award of yeah. essentially who is one of the nicest, most sportsmanlike players? Exactly. Yeah. And from everything I've heard, Nathan McKinnon is like fucking Captain America. <laughs> he, uh, clearly it shows with uh, the Lady Bing. And I always love the Lady Bing because it's always like, all right, well, now we know who the nice guy is. So it's so, like anytime he crunches a dude into the board, you're just going to be like, ah, but he's a really nice guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we had the uh, Mark Messier Leadership Award. That went out to uh, Mark Gia- Giordano, and they didn't even have anyone listed as a runner-up for this. So, Well, fucking – Oh, this is the Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was just so good they couldn't even think of two other people. Yeah, um, yeah. you know that was in the that was in the letter too. Go ahead, try to think of another person who deserves this award. I'll wait. You done? <laughs> we had uh, the 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 Rocket Richard Trophy, your top goal scorer trophy. We had a tie this year, so two people received the award, which I I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how she would get around it, but we had Alexander Ovechkin and David Pasternak winning. Austin Matthews right behind them. I mean, what uh, a fucking combo, though. Yeah, and I mean, at the beginning Ovi of the season. Up the same damn trophy. You know Ovi's, like, holding it a little bit more than Pasta is. And the crazy thing is, at the beginning of the season, Pasternak seemed like he was going to run away with this thing number one with a bullet. Yeah. Uh, and And we talked about it back then, of how many goals he was scoring, and I was like, yeah, but Alexander Ovechkin... You know, give him some time. He'll turn on the rocket skates and get to that dumb S spot on the ice that he always scores from and score. God, like he a- was doing that so much that playoff. <laughs> like That's every it. time, and people are just like, "No, man." <laughs> <laughs> That's his spot. He loads up right from that uh, left red circle and feeds it home. Set up a fucking apartment there. He, it's if there's Gretzky's office, they got to come up with a name for yeah, like Ovechkin's red circle or some shit. <laughs> but uh whatever man it's worked for him he's still on track if he plays you know four or five more years he could break Gretzky's goal scoring record which is something I don't I think anyone that's what he'll want to do and then like the next day he'll retire yeah I don't think that anyone ever thought I, I don't think anyone thought anyone would get close to that no but Ovechkin's the type of person that's just like God, I'll keep doing it until I can't anymore <laughs> yeah well He's got that Yager mindset. He's just going to keep playing until yeah. they tell him he can't anymore. Um, Can you imagine Ovi and Yager on the same team? <laughs> that would be hilarious for many reasons. Fun. I'd pay money. I just want I just want Yager back. <laughs> so we get the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award, which goes to Lou Lamorello. Um, you know what? I 100%, like right off the bat, everyone knows who Lou Lamorello is. Uh this guy's worked his ass off to get his team where it is. Uh, he's done it. He's done it a few times now. Uh, 
he is hands down probably the best general manager in the NHL. I would say. Yeah, in your runner-ups here, we had um, uh, Bose from Tampa Bay and Jim Neal from Dallas. Um, both ended up in the Stanley Cup, so I would yeah, say. Yeah, uh, a bit fortuitous <laughs> on their part. How do you really parse out the winners? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's you know, with Lou Lamorello, that this is the first award they announced. The Islanders did make, I think, a deeper run than people maybe thought. Uh, yeah, and, for sure, more than I thought. Uh, and and I think going out and making the coaching changes that he made, uh, some of the signings he made, it's 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 a little hard to debate unless you're just going to go, well, he didn't win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, who's your <laughs> but, team? Did they win the Stanley Cup, smartass? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're a Tampa fan, you can. <laughs> yeah, God damn Tampa! You know Tampa fans are just going to come out of the woodwork and just be like, yeah, hi. I was a fan all along. So, uh, Vianza Trophy, best goaltender. We have Connor Hellebuck getting the win. Uh, his uh, his opponents here, Tuka Rask and yep. Andre Vezileski. And once again, I'm assuming some Tampa fans are going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you got to put that, uh, that Will Smith meme of him just like, with both hands pointing to something like Vasilevsky, like making all these nuts ass saves. But uh, if you go back and look at the regular season, knowing that Winnipeg, obviously losing big buff at the beginning of the season, the defense was not where anyone thought it would be. Patrick Laine was out for a portion. Um, (laughs) It's hard to debate. I mean, he was definitely, Definitely deserve to at least be in the conversation. I would say make your own judgment on that uh, for sure as far as top goaltender goes. Yeah, I, I'm not taking it away from him. He's a hell of a goalie. So. <laughs> well, but a- uh, the debate for Rask and uh, Halak, both of them being put here, was the William M. Jennings Trophy, which is team goaltender or team with the fewest goals against. Um, the other option would have been Ben Bishop in Cadobin for Dallas. Uh, that that one's pretty self-explanatory. That's a stat-based thing. It's kind of hard to judge. I mean, it's almost a team award as much as it is the goaltender award. Yeah. It's not just a measure of how, how good you are as a goalie. It's your defense as well for allowing the pucks in there in the first place. And, I mean, I guess we got to talk about the MVP. Yes. We do. How? Ow! <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, uh is your MVP. He is your heart memorial. Game precision trophy. machine, man. It's never going to stop. Yeah. yeah, but was he more important than Connor McDavid? Yes. Because I, I, Connor McDavid was injured for a portion of the season. And Dreisaitl picked up the slack in that time. I think that's I, what gave him the edge. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about McDavid being injured, but yes, but yeah. that's the other thing is McDavid wasn't injured. He was only out for like ten games. Yeah. And, and yes, it's shortened season, but the number two for the Art Ross Trophy with most points was Connor McDavid. It's hard to say that you're the most valuable player in the yeah. NHL if you have Connor McDavid on your team. Uh, so I, I I still call bullshit on that. I think Nathan McKinnon should have won it. I think that showed in the playoffs as well when Leon Dreisaitl just did not show up or play well at all. 
Um, That's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't, every year, every time they do an awards, you're going to get one or two that's a little wonky, but, I mean. Yeah, the, the one you have to get right is the MVP, though. <laughs> but do you really? Yes. yes. I mean, you can just listen to fans bitch about it for the next year, so honestly, it gives you something to do in the off season. Well, that's that's true. But uh, we did have a little bit of a segue, like you were saying, with Lundquist when we were talking yes. about uh, a previous award here. Tell me uh, your thoughts, Lundquist. He got bought out by the New York Rangers. Uh, he's End a free agent. Era. End of an era. And we don't have Keegan here to fucking defend him either. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, it's I, the guy's a fucking legend. Uh, where he goes from here, I don't know. You know, there's a couple teams out there that have a have a weird thing for goalies that have been around since uh, since they were still using just regular shoes, and then they strapped the skates on. I'm just kidding. Lundy hasn't been around that long, uh, but you know, I've been watching him since I was a kid, so he's really been around for a fucking while. Uh, I have been hating this man for a long, long time, but obviously yeah. there's nothing negative I can say about him. Former Vienna Trophy winner. A handsome son of a bitch, too. So he'll be fine. Great, great goaltender. Obviously, they just great had hair. to make a choice. They, they had to make a choice, and it was a hard choice for them to make. Um, New York is, was loaded with goaltenders this year. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't think they were prepared for that to be a, a possibility. Like, I don't think they were prepared for their goaltenders to actually be fucking really good. Uh, so, I, I mean, it comes down to a choice, and unfortunately, Lundy was the logical one. Well, I think the big the big thing was Shesterkin. No one knew quite how good he was going to be as a no, prospect. he came on with a fucking bang. <laughs> and we talked about it midseason uh, before the trade deadline – you have to. You had to move a goaltender. They didn't. They buy out. To some extent, it makes sense because you're freeing up five to six million dollars of salary sap or salary cap. What did I say? Salary sap? No, you <laughs> Sal- said calorie sap, and I'm just like calorie sap. Calorie sap sounds fucking delicious. <laughs> I'd like to put that on my pancakes in the morning. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, well wishes. I I don't. I mean, I heard, and this is a rumor. Obviously, it's been floating it's on hockey buzz. Yeah, it's coming to the isn't me. It's it's been said on Hockey Buzz as well as uh, <laughs> Hockey News that he wants to kind of stay in the New York area if possible, and there have been talks between him and the Devils. That is just oh, such God. a weird. That is just such a what weird one of, for me. And I said this when you said that too. I'm like, what kind of whack ass bizarre world when you wake up and Henrik Lundqvist is goalie for the Devils. Well, in my world, it'd be really good because Mackenzie Blackwood needs a backup. They have to go out and find someone for him. Um, otherwise, the Devils are looking. <laughs> I that I mean that's two key things the Devils need to find. They need to find another top line defenseman if possible, and a backup goaltender for Mackenzie Blackwood. <sighs> I don't think Lundqvist is bad. I think that could be a pickup they could make if the price is right. I don't want them to overpay for him. As a Devils fan, I'll be a bit torn. Um, <laughs> Guys, we use the rest of the salary cap for this. <laughs> we traded uh, the washing machine, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it's it's a weird one. I mean, the other places I could see him going is maybe Winnipeg, if he wants I to go play in Winnipeg. Angeles. I just don't. 
then you have two aging goalies. Yeah, well, that's fucking <laughs> Los Angeles' thing, man. They always pick up aging players. I mean, if we're just talking about teams that pick up aging goaltenders, I guess he's going to go play in Detroit. Yeah, Detroit, too. <laughs> Can you <laughs> Jimmy Howard? <laughs> <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist. It's like watching the uh, Olympics from, what, 10 yeah. years ago or whatever. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I, I think that takes us kind of into to Andre Mark andre Fleury. I, I'm going to let you speak on him because you follow Vegas a little closer than I do. Yeah. I think what happened in this situation is Mark andre Fleury – does not seem to be happy with the way things are going in in Vegas. Uh, since Gallant was relieved and they brought in PDD. Um, I think there's some kind of uh, some kind of thing going on there, something behind the scenes that we don't know about. And we're likely not going to find out about uh, until it's been years later and both of them do like those weird where are they now documentaries. Uh, and they'll just, they'll, it'll be like a weird, low-simmering feud. Uh, but then you had Flurry, who had that, that fucking picture with the, with the sword photo, badly photoshopped in his back. Uh, which I really hope, if anyone out there is a serious uh, painter, I would love to commission that into an oil painting to hang over the fireplace. Uh, I think it would be wonderful. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I think Flurry's looking for a way out, and this is the second part of that is I don't think they realized Robin Leonard was going to be as decent of a goalie when they picked him up because he wasn't he wasn't doing that great with Chicago, uh, but he came into Vegas and dude just fucking turned it on, and I knew Leonard would do that because I remember a couple seasons ago when he was playing for the Islanders and he did the exact same thing. Um, and he's another player who's rebounded from from personal problems, and you know he's out there to prove himself. And I think he more than did that with the Vegas Golden Knights. Do I think it it should come at the cost of your would say bread and butter? But I mean, you don't think of fucking Vegas without thinking of Flurry. Like, I could if if someone's a general hockey fan and you ask them any player on the Vegas Golden Knights, usually they'll know Mark Stone. Uh, which is weird because he's another acquisition that only came there like a year and a half ago or two years ago now. God, I'm getting away. Uh, well, to, to be fair to, you know, on that, Vegas has only been around for three years, so. Yeah, but Flurry <laughs> is synonymous with the Vegas Golden Knights. And the fan base loves him, loves him, absolutely loves him. People in Vegas treated him so much better than they did in Pittsburgh. And we've, we've talked about this time and time again on this show. Uh, there's like six episodes you can go back and listen to with that. So uh, listen to our shit. <laughs> um, but I think this is just a case of things aren't working out with the coach. It doesn't seem like they're going to work out. And Flurry's looking for the exit. He's still a great goaltender. So whatever team picks him up, they're getting a good goaltender. Uh, I just fucking hope it's not Pittsburgh again because they don't deserve him. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh just signed a massive contract for Yari. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not getting rid of. I thought it was Jerry. I've been or calling John, Jerry forever. I, I, I think it's. I, I've always heard Yari. It could be Jerry. I'm yeah, not 100 yeah, sure. I'm, I'm probably an asshole who can't pronounce last names. So. 
But uh, I, I don't know. I don't see him going back to Pittsburgh. He kind of was. No. I mean, they left him open for the expansion draft, which is kind of like we're over you. Yes, yeah, just like which, okay, you can fuck off now. A <laughs> little bit of hurt feelings, but uh, you know, once again, the Devils need a goaltender. <laughs> Send them all to the Devils. Fuck it. Any goaltender? Hey, if you're looking to change the season, come to the Devils. We'll take you. Uh, I would. It'd be Broder's dream. It'd be a team full of goaltenders. <laughs> I I would be more happy about picking up Mark Andre Fleury over Lundqvist. Nothing against Lundqvist. I think Fleury has proven past few seasons that he's still super solid in net. Where Lundqvist has had ups and ups and downs. And also just the the Rangers stigma. I don't know how the fan base would accept Lundqvist coming into their lives, <laughs> other than just other than just being able to buy jerseys and go to Rangers games uh, to fuck with the Rangers fans. I don't know that that would be. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Rangers fans will come back with just as clever a comeback to you guys. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, they call I, them, yeah. Oh my God, they call them sloppy seconds, and you Slash. know they would too. <laughs> So I, I guess the big thing here is your hopes and expectations for the draft. I mean, obviously the Rangers they won the lottery, uh, which I'm I'm still not super stoked on. At least a team that would have been in the lottery won it, and not like the Penguins or Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like 99.7 percent sure it's going to be Alexis Lafreniere for the Rangers. Uh, but Stoutel, or Stoutel, Stoutel number two. Uh, who, who was I reading as the number two? Who has the number two pick? Is it the Kings? Uh, let me let me pull up the – I believe so. I'm just going to pull up uh, the, the mock drafts they have out on TSN so that we have that in front of us. Yes, we are a very Canadian podcast. We only use TSN. Well, if ESPN didn't suck so hard, um, and, and America, the literal NHL app and it sucks so hard. <laughs> yes, we have uh, we have Los Angeles Kings, and Byfield is uh, listed as their their pickup with a really? Stutzel headed maybe to the Senators. I think you could rotate those two. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think Stutzel. Uh, I think I don't know. I don't know enough about Bywell to, uh, or what was a byline or Bywell. Byfield. Uh, Byfield, yeah. He was absolutely dominant in the OHL. He had like 32 goals, total okay, of 82 so, uh, points in the 45 game. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a big pick. Ottawa, they have they have Stutzel listed. Um, unfortunately for the Detroit Red Wings, they fall down to fourth. God, what a sh- I mean, it's still number four, but like, fuck, man. <laughs> Yeah, but they're going to lose out on the top three centers in the draft, and they really yeah. need. Which I guess, Lafreniere is a le- technically a left wing, but I think you can move him to center if you need to. They're not going to get Byfield or, or Stutzel, as we just talked about. I mean, even if those two switch, you're going to take best player available, and yeah. centers are going to go higher. So they're looking at Alexander Holtz. Um, and then Ottawa drafting a defenseman, which is uh, Jake Sanders. And basically the two best defensemen in the drafts are probably going to go five and six with Jake Sanders, uh, Jake Sanderson and uh, Jamie Drysdale being the top two. Uh, I guess we'll go into kind of our teams for the people that listen specifically for that. Uh, I will say Minnesota has at the nine spot, they have uh, Jake Quinn or Jack Quinn being another one of those Quinn brothers 
Uh, <laughs> third one's going to come in and just be a monster. Uh, and the Devils maybe have drafted the wrong one. I guess we'll see how things play out. But uh, that's that's potential here. And uh, the Devils, the Devils here have three picks in the first round. Nine picks overall in this draft. Uh, at 18, they have them picking up a, a center. And then again, towards the bottom, or uh, they're picking they're picking 18th, and then they're picking again 20, and they have them slotted in for two centers. Uh, my only I, the thing about this mock draft is you have Nico Heischer, you have you know um, uh, you have Jack Hughes. Damn it, too many Hughes brothers. Uh, you have <laughs> you have a Hughes. You still have. Uh, you still have the previous drafted first overall round pick in the, in the third slot. And as far as I know, I mean, they're, they're stacked at center. They've got four centers. I mean, obviously picking up one of these guys could be a huge difference maker in the future later in the draft. But yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of it. The The big names are all out there check out the mock draft. I, I this is specifically Meltzer's from NHL.com that I was looking at, but most of those top picks, they're rotating between teams. So this yeah, seems I like mean, it's pretty much set what the top top three at least are. I, I mean, the biggest thing here, if you are a Devils fan um, or or concerned with what that team is going to look like, is they have to hit on at least one of these guys having three picks in the first round. Yeah, for sure. It, the future of this team <laughs> who has rebuilt and then stopped the breaks and then rebuilt again and then lost Taylor Hall and are rebuilding again outside of, you know, in this first round. Uh, obviously getting, if they got that number one overall, Lafreniere coming in would have been a big, huge deal. But they have to hit on one of these, and they need to make an acquisition for a defenseman. I don't see any way around that. Uh, to me, the rest of the Metro is going to be kind of the same next year. It's, it's just yeah. always it's always going to be tough fucking sledding. Pretty I don't much. I, I don't see that uh, changing very much. I mean, probably next year in New Jersey, depending on if they can get, like I said, another top line defenseman, maybe I mean, some are additional. Are you really going to put that out, out there? Because we did this last year and you put that out there and uh, it didn't end up being so well. It wasn't a terrible season. I thought maybe they could it make it. It was a terrible season. Don't, don't even, don't even try. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say it was a terrible season. It was a <laughs> inconsistent season at best. Um, and, and they fire sold at the trade deadline. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a weird thing, but yeah, the Metro right now, the way I would look at it is your bottom teams are going to be Buffalo once again, and probably the devils, if if the Devils aren't able to go out and get some help. So we'll see what this draft holds for them. Um, yeah, that's I, I think that's kind of it, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. You said there's some shenanigans with the cup? Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay was just out doing some foolish shit with the cup. Uh, they've been cited multiple times for not following coronavirus guidelines. But I'm like, at the same time, like, all right, obviously I know how dickish this is going to sound, but I'm like, these guys just fucking played their asses off for the past three months and won a cup. I think they're going to go crazy for a couple of days. Uh, so I'm kind of torn on that because also at the same time, like, yeah, you're not really supposed to be doing that. Uh, but it's not completely unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your flyers also, this is news that I just saw. They re-signed Brian Elliott to another one-year contract extension. See? Yeah, that's uh, what I, 
Uh, and you know what? He proved himself this year, so fuck yeah. Uh, I think the tandem of Carter Hart and Brian Elliott is probably the best duo that the Flyers have had in a very long time. Um, I hope it keeps going, honestly. I, I don't see the Flyers being terrible next season. I still think they'll very much be a threat. I think the biggest thing about this signing is they saved some cap space. He was signed to, what, a $4 million deal yeah. last year, which everyone complained about because it was a lot of money for a backup goaltender. I think he did prove itself to some yeah. extent. Uh, but you sign him to $1.5 million, which say that, that frees up some cap space for some other signings. I'm wondering if he thinks this team really has a shot to get a Stanley Cup, and maybe that's why he was willing to take more of a discount uh, this time around, after what I would consider it was a strong season from a backup. Very goaltender. strong season, yes, just poor ending. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, like I said, it's not going to go away. They're not going to go back to being a bottom rung team. I think that uh, with the lineup that we have right now, all all four lines are great in their own aspects. Power play needs to be tweaked, obviously, in the off season. Uh, it really needs to become strong, but. In the regular season, our power play was pretty great. Uh, so who knows? I mean, it just remains to be seen. Like I said, we don't even know when the next season's going to be. So this is all speculative. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess before we go, I'll just hit off the last, the last few of basically just the big available free agents from the Atlantic, which is uh, Tyson Berry from our Bari, I guess, from Toronto. Yeah. Um, some landing spots there. That would be a good pro- pro- Probably being the Jets, the Golden Knights, Penguins, Montreal um, is what we're seeing. Uh, Zach Bogosian, Tampa Bay Lightning. Bogosian. Uh, he was signed to a one, one-year deal for 1.3. I don't know where he lands. I could see him just signing back to the Lightning at some point. Yeah. I think he's uh, I think he's a good fit for that team. He made it was a hell of a he, he made some plays in that uh in the playoffs too. Yeah, as long as they're not up against it on the salary cap, and I'm still not hundred percent sure they're not gonna trade Steven Stamkos just to free up <laughs> calorie salary cap. Um and I'm yeah, not gonna calorie get into cap smash again? calorie sap salary cap. <laughs> uh, um but yeah, I mean I, I think that, that would make that would make some sense. Zadino Chara Obvious free agent. I assume that he just resigns. Maybe yeah, even I think he's going to sign another uh, one year, one year deal or something like that. Um, not, Eric, he's not leaving the Bruins though. Yeah, Jimmy Howard. Speaking of goaltenders, who <laughs> are out there, uh, he was two twenty three and two this year. Uh, with a 4.20 goals against average and a 0.882 save percentage. Uh, the worst. <laughs> not a great season on a really bad team. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> going to say Jimmy Howard's a terrible goalie, though, but uh, I don't know. And probably the biggest, the two biggest names, I think, out of this is going to be um, Tory Krug for Boston. Yeah. Boston might be able to re-sign him, but I don't know what that contract's going to look so. he's like. Already, he's already made statements and stuff saying like he's looking forward to free agency. So, but somebody Boston tries. 
some of the other landing spots that you have out there would be the Golden Knights, uh, the Avalanche, the Oilers, and uh, Arizona Coyotes if they're going to rebuild. Fuck yeah, Tori Krug on the Arizona Coyotes, that'd be a dope pickup. So those are some of the top free agents that are out there without, I mean, outside of the obvious we've already talked about in goaltending. And I, I think that's a show, bud. I don't have anything else unless there's something you want to talk about. Yeah, no, I think we, uh, I think we touched on all the major things we wanted to hit. So uh, just in with the off season, we can finally start going back to like rivalries and shit. Yes, we're, we're so much easier. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll probably try to do something like that next week for you guys listening. Sorry we missed a couple weeks. We all had different uh, big life events happening and oh, yeah. and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. But we'll be back for you, and we're we're gonna do some rivalries. Um, if you're into watching hockey Tuesday night, that's your draft. That's your draft night. So make sure to tune in for the that virtual draft. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm sure there won't be any technical difficulties. <laughs> If you want to talk to me on Twitter, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton. Make sure you check out geekvibesnation.com, geekvibesnation on Facebook, and at geekvibesnation on Twitter. Uh, I have some wrestling podcasts up. If you're a wrestling fan, we got some horror movie stuff coming out in the very near future. Uh, that's it for me, but uh, go ahead and say goodbye to the good people, Dakota. Yes, and from me and my good friend Veda here, we would like to say goodbye to everybody. You can find me at Dakota. On Twitter, that's pretty much it for me. I don't really socialize outside of that because I don't really like people all that much. But uh, you're, yeah, you're, that's it for me, bud. You really, you really drive home to getting the listeners to talk to you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll you know if you, if you if you tweet me, I'll probably respond. But yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna find me out there. I'm a, I don't socialize. I'm I'm what you might call a hermit or a recluse. <laughs> well, everyone out there listening, you guys have a wonderful week and uh, enjoy the draft and we'll talk to you soon. All righty. Goodbye, people.